Today, we try to figure out how many Scaramucci's Boris Johnson has left as Prime Minister of the UK. We reveal our 9-11 memories, and we talk about the new Dark Crystal series. All this and more on The Leftscape! McGinley, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. And hi, I'm Robin Renee. And I'm Wendy Sheridan, and uh, we're back from vacation, um, and it's September. As this is our first show of September, I want to let you know that uh, September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and it's also Preparedness Month. International Update Your Resume Month, Courtesy Month, Piano Month, Save Your Photos Month, Self-Care Month, and Self-Improvement Month. We could use Courtesy Month. <sighs> yes, and mm. self-care. It's August was my self-care month this year. Um, the foods we are celebrating for the month of September include blueberry popsicles, chicken, honey, Italian cheese, mushrooms, papaya potato, rice, and whole grains. Mm. Um <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, just, just a whole that's, month of that's, that. That'll uh, make a good meal. Yeah, I say it's kind of a picnic. <laughs> kind of a picnic, yes. Yeah. Like blueberry popsicles, though, are very specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, we're dropping the show on uh, 9-11, which is Patriot Day and also Make Your Bed Day. Mm. Uh, so I guess if you're only going to make your bed one day of the year, do it today. Mm. Um, and tomorrow, the 12th, is Video Games Day. Uh, the 13th is Uncle Sam Day, uh, which is, um, who is Uncle which, Sam? Who is, uh, Uncle Sam is actually a real person who uh, was named Sam Wilson, and he was a meat packer who supplied the army during the War of 1812, and he used to put his name on all the, the crates with the food. So he would, and it would also say U.S. Sam Wilson. So I am guessing that the Army guys during the War of 1812, or the Navy guys, would uh, just say U.S. stood for Uncle Sam, and that caught on. Um, the 13th. I never knew that. That's yeah, cool. it was, it's weird facts that I. Did he wear striped pants? I have no idea. I think that was just marketing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um the 13th, which happens to be the first Friday the 13th of this year, is National Blame Someone Else Day. That's a good which one. I really like. I, I liked the Blame Someone Else Day when I was working in an office. That's Trump's um, favorite day. <laughs> every day is Blame Someone Else Day for him. Especially Blame Obama. Right. <laughs> Blame-o. Blame-o. <laughs> um... The 14th is Eat a Hoagie Day and National Sober Day. So if you've been looking for an excuse to stop drinking, maybe the 14th is a good day to start. And we have to let people know who are not from South Jersey what a hoagie is. <laughs> oh, it's a submarine oh. sandwich. Yes. I was going to say it was or, Eat a Hoagie Day was probably invented by someone in Philadelphia or maybe Boston. I think they say it. I'm yeah. Sure. No, it maybe. I think there's subs up in Boston. Oh, maybe. All right. Maybe. I know there were yeah. subs. There's subs in New York. Um, right. And, and yeah. way down south, they're po' boys. So yeah. um, it's a, a big, long sandwich full of food is a hoagie. <laughs> it's and, it's uh, a sub sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the 16th is National Step Family Day, Working Parents Day, and Play-Doh Day. Mm. I like Play-Doh Day. <laughs> I like it, but don't mix your colors. Because <laughs> then it all turns this awful ugh. <laughs> we might have to have a separate Play-Doh party. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and the 17th is Constitution Day and Citizenship Day. And... The reason it's Constitution Day is the 17th of September is when the Constitution was ratified in, I believe, 1789. So, uh, 
And so when was it made a citizenship day? I don't know. I think that was like a, a, Ro- a Franklin Roosevelt thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go look it up again because um, I don't really remember. Uh, and I don't know if it's a special day where immigrants would take the oath of citizenship and get their papers. I'm not that I'm not sure of. Um, and I'm sure uh, that I th- we may be getting rid of that right now anyway. I, I, oh. Are they are they actually like allowing people to get citizenship, immigrants to get citizenship anymore? You know, I, I don't know. Only if they're Trump's in-laws. <sighs> yes. So... <sighs> Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to news yet. I know. <laughs> uh, so birthdays. Today is the birthday of a couple of uh, performers. It's the birthday of Ludacris, Harry Connick Jr., and Moby. Uh, it is also the birthday of O. Henry and the uh, female impersonator and makeup artist Farrah Moon. Oh. <laughs> Uh, on the 12th, it is uh, Stanislaw Lem's birthday, um, the science fiction writer. Writer? Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, Jesse Owens, and Neil Peart, who is uh, the drummer of Rush. <laughs> the drummer of Rush. I'm laughing because I, I heard a joke recently. Someone said, uh, I answered an ad. There was a there was a couple looking for a third. I thought I was going to have a threesome, but I wound up in a wound up in a uh, <laughs> Rush cover band. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, it was silly. I hate uh, when that happens. You think you're going to join a threesome, and you end up in a Rush cover band. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> Uh, Roald Dahl's birthday uh, is on the 13th. He's the author of James and the Giant Peach and other children's books. The 14th is the, was the birthday of Amy Winehouse, who unfortunately joined the 27 Club. Um, uh, the 15th, Agatha Christie and Prince Harry. And the 16th. That's a very British day. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the 16th is the birthday of Amy Poehler and Lauren Bacall. Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a Lauren Bacall story. Uh, it's really not my story. It's, it's uh, Rich's story, my husband, because uh, he used to work for, I guess, a, a big electronics store in Manhattan. And he got to install a phone answering machine in her apartment in the Dakota oh. um, and, oh. you know, taught her how to use it. And he said she was very nice. And uh, and I think on his way out of the building when he was done oh crap i think he rode the elevator with uh the actor who's i can't remember his first name his last name's pastorelli and he was um he was the the male he was like the the handyman in uh candace bergen's show the first time it was on um oh i remember the guy who looked like he had the bad toupee (laughs) Uh, Robert, Robert Pastorelli. Robert, thank you, Robert Pastorelli. Yeah, he ran. He he took the elevator down with him and was talking to him about like complimenting, like I love your show, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And according to Wikipedia, he was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Oh wow, which That's is interesting. Uh, my old stomping ground. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, what's in the news? Oh my God. <laughs> That's the thing about vacation. It's like when you're trying to avoid the news and then you're you're like catching up. It's sort of like your your mouth is hanging open like what the fuck has been going on? <laughs> that's pretty much what that's the good summation of the news <laughs> actually Wendy. <laughs> But I first, I just want to say thanks to everyone our last show uh, Green Paper Ballots. A lot of people responded to that and had some of their ideas for how to um deal you know how to spend your money responsibly um Mm. so we got some information and you know feedback and thoughts on facebook and on instagram so i just want to thank everyone for that and um i'd like to put something together um maybe for a future show or something or 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 at least um something we can get up on our website of some other people's ideas and one of them was definitely one of them which was actually pretty uh thoughtful and we hadn't talked about it at all was you know, change your bank. Changing your bank could actually oh wow be a big have a bigger impact on, on any of this. You know, yeah. because the ones you know get away from the ones that are subsidizing and um, 
paying for destroying the world and go yeah. for one that's actually a green bank. That's part of like that, like so. that I guess, comes, comes under the umbrella of divestiture. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots, lots to think about, but it's definitely, uh, hopefully, we'll talk about it in uh, future episodes. Mm. So. so my my first news item has to do with the confusing British politics, which I guess isn't confusing for people in Britain, but like last uh, time we had an episode, didn't we talk about this too? It we was confusing may have, back then. We may have, but uh, we are recording this on the fourth of September, and so we are, you know, yesterday. Um, they had a Boris vote. Johnson yeah. was giving a speech, and this MP walked across the room and sat with the opposite side, so he f now is in the minority. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, I, and, and and I'm going. Well, wait a minute. Does this mean he's out? But it not yet. But it it like actually he could be out in a couple of weeks if they if Parliament says. I I actually had to go look all this stuff up because I was really confused. Because it's like, I know that, but I mean, he could be out if, if they do a new election, which they can organize in two weeks, which kind of is amazing to me that they could organize. I don't know if that's a national election or if it's just the people in the part of the majority party. I don't, I, you see, this is like, I'm confused. I, I barely, I can barely wrap my head around American politics. And then, you know, you throw me into another country. It's like, wait a minute, this is all working mm. really weird. I have mm. no idea. Um, right. But. I'm not sure. I mean, I heard something about like he could he could call an election in hopes of. <laughs> oh, he I, he did, I think. A snap election, they called it. Right. In, mm -hmm. in order to um, prove that he still has enough power or something like that. But that could backfire because it kind of backfired for Theresa May. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so. But yeah, in terms of how yeah i'm not <laughs> it is confusing no, I, I, it is i i'm confused about it too that how he got into this position anyway because he was the one who who started this whole problem in the first place and the, about getting out of the eu and then and then when he got it passed and they said okay so how do you want to do this he just shrugged his shoulders and said i don't know yeah, well, so, I hope they can get rid of him, and yeah. and it, you know, I, and and it's like that whole thing that was happening with uh, he was spreading he, a lot of disinformation too. Well, yeah, he's he's like the British version of our president, um, yeah. and the, the the similarities have not gone unnoticed amongst By everyone. Anyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm just I'm just you know the whole the whole way that the the members of parliament can change their party affiliation is just so wonderful yeah i dramatic. like yes i and, like i like the getting up and walking across the room I, That's well, in the middle cool. of the guy's speech that yeah. was like amazing <laughs> um interesting well, we'll see what happens. He might be out in how many how many Scaramucci's do you think it'll take? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, one, I think, right? It could be one more Scaramucci, and he's Maybe gone. Just one I, more, yeah. yeah. It might be. It might be. But I, if they can, if they can stop the No Deal Brexit, I think that would be good for the entire world. I uh, think so, and especially yeah. for the people in the UK. Um, and uh, you know, we're just waiting for the the Chinese tariffs to make our lives unlivable <laughs> mm. it's like yes if you've been budgeted within an inch of your life you are fucked now so mm. <sighs> well, i think more people are noticing that because they can't help but notice it now well yeah it's because it's so, hitting them in their pocketbooks finally that might be a good thing ultimately but yeah, we can only hope that they remember when they go to the voting booth and that the voting booth will actually record their vote accurately oh yeah you know it's like and not just switch it yeah um and uh the one thing i i have i have a little bit of schadenfreude about um is is moscow mitch doesn't <laughs> uh, like his hashtag yeah it's like, aw, i'm so sorry why don't you actually do your job <laughs> yeah I, I love that he didn't like Moscow Mitch, and now they're trying to change the hashtag to be Massacre Mitch. Oh, I prefer Moscow Mitch because he yeah. doesn't like it. 
Yeah. You know? Well, would he like Massacre Mitch, too? Yeah, did, did Hillary like Crooked Hillary? Did anybody change anything because she didn't like it? No. Mm. Fuck mm. him. Mm-hmm. You know? I I uh, I have been watching, um, watching like, that the one ad that his Democratic opponent is... Uh, oh, McGrath? Had, yeah. Mm-hmm. That... That last ad she had out on Facebook was just really good. I and I really hope she beats him because that would be that would be just icing on the cake to mm. get rid of this guy um, and replaced by a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hey. another news: yes. uh, <laughs> our country is being run by the King of Israel. Oh. And the second uh, coming of God. Yeah, the chosen one. Self-appointed to, chosen to put one. Self-appointed, because yes, I don't yes. think anybody else thinks chosen. of him in those terms. No, 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 of course not. But I have to say, I mean, it's funny, and uh, Randy Rainbow just posted a great send-up oh, yeah. song about about all of this uh, Cheeto Christ stupid czar. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah and i love the original musical in, yeah. in the movie so uh it, it was it was pretty entertaining to me but yeah. um but it's you know uh i have to say i had serious not as if i had not was not concerned before but <laughs> um was more seriously concerned about the mental health of uh the occupant of the white house after mm-hmm. these statements yeah you know? i i i think you know, if if there was any possible reason to invoke Article Twenty Five of the Constitution, I think I think this should have been it. Yeah, you it know, it was a weird series of things where he was he was speaking about the uh, China, the tariffs against China, and he kind of said he was joking when he said like I maybe I'm the I'm the chosen one. And then the tweet, he did some retweeting of someone else who had called him that said that he's treated like the king of Israel and the second coming of God and all of this and uh, claimed that Jews who vote for Democrats are misinformed or just... They're traitors. Traitors or whatever. Right. Well, I forget no, the term that he was, used. That was the... That was the uh, oh, what the hell was that phrase? The sorting of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> The sorting of the Jews, it's like one of those steps of, of uh, Nazism. Yeah. So. Uh, what was the term he used? It wasn't, it wasn't traitor. Um, oh, no, it was. Tra- that's what I yeah. heard. It was traitor. Yeah, okay. was traitory. If it wasn't specifically traitor, it was a, a, a synonym for traitor. Uh, treason? Yeah. Treason? Maybe. No, no. no. Anyway, I, it's not. It, it it wasn't nice. <laughs> no. Well, let's you give know. a plug for Randy Rainbow, who is that going to be at the State Theater on November first. Oh, oh, that's wow. great. Mm-hmm. That's he needs great. to make all his money now because once this idiot is out of office, I don't know, he's going to have to come up with something else to uh, do. He's so creative; he'll come up with something else. Yeah, he's funny yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, he's so the State Theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The the aforementioned New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and his tickets are selling very fast, so. Yeah, that would be that. a lot of fun. I love parody. And he's kind of like a political Weird owl, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's always been people to do that. There was that yeah. guy with the piano, with the pianist guy who would sing. Mean like Tom Lehrer? No, it's a, he's. Mark Tom Russell. Lehrer, I, what? Mark Russell. Maybe. Yes, Okay. Uh, Mark yeah. Russell. Yeah. Yes. And um, the Capitol Steps. Have you seen them? No. Maybe. I They're don't know. funny. They're funny. funny. Yeah, <laughs> I like them. I just really love Randy Rainbow's voice, too. Me, too. He's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of takes the edge off of the... The horror. The horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's good to laugh, but also recognize... Um, that we've got to do something too, but it's but it's good to not just be enraged all the time, you know. So <laughs> it's hard to stay enraged all the time. It's hard on your body. It, it is, and it's not healthy. So this no. is why we take breaks and watch dumb videos sometimes. <laughs> I'm Kevin Patterson of Poly Role Models. 
And I'm Alana Phelan, the polyamorous librarian. Together we write the For Hire novels, and you are listening to The Leftscape. The shape of progressive conversation. Lovely listeners, we love you all, and we'd love to hear from you. So post your comments on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please go to iTunes or wherever you go to get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We really need those reviews, and that would help us out a lot. Thanks a lot. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. I'm going to be performing at the 13th Annual Black Women's Arts Festival on Saturday, September 21st. The whole festival is two days long on Saturday from 1 to 9 and Sunday 1 to 6. I'll be performing around 4 or 4.30 on Saturday. And it all happens at the Rotunda at 4014 Walnut Street in Philadelphia. Check them out. Uh, you can search on Facebook and Instagram, um, Black Women's Arts Festival. Their information is all around. Um, and you can always catch up with me, uh, my music, and my upcoming events at robinrenee.com. Thanks a lot. Hope to see you soon. Well, it's 9-11 today when we release this show. Um which is the anniversary of uh, the planes bringing down the Twin Towers in Manhattan and the plane crashing in Pennsylvania and the other planes smashing into the Pentagon. Um, the, the events of uh, 9-11-2001, which I guess most of us who are listening had lived through and have memories of, uh, you know, I am definitely in the New York metro area, and um, I will always remember that that day and the following days because uh, you could see it from you could see the smoke from my house. Um, I remember going out that Friday that week because uh, I had been literally just staying in the house for days, um, kind of watching the news nonstop and getting very upset. Uh, and I just remember there was a really beautiful day. It was like a Thursday or Friday and I opened the door and I walked outside my house. I took a deep breath and I smelled burning flesh and it was just, and I closed the door and went back inside and basically pulled the covers back over my head for another couple of days. It was just, you know, um, so, and, and I remember at the end of the month that pagan pride day i my i was performing and and uh they had to move it because it was normally in battery park and they moved it to uh washington square and i got to open the the pagan pride day and and uh we started i I sang the the um star spangled banner and by the time it was over everybody it was like there was a lot of people besides pagans in the park and they just everybody was just there and there's like a whole bunch of people and everybody was cheering and i got to yell goddess bless america which i thought was cool and and then afterwards we walked down to ground zero just to Mm. to pay homage which was i guess this was like september 23rd or 24th so it had been smoldering for a few weeks um and I, I also remember that morning going into the city on, you know, three weeks later, um, that that the city itself had kind of put up this huge psychic shield because the train, as it got closer to New York, it felt like I felt like I, you know, we just pushed through a barrier of some kind. And then walking down to, and then I'm getting a little woo and spiritual here, but this is kind of how it was. Um, and then when we were walking down to Ground Zero, it felt like walking through jello. It was very mm. difficult to keep walking closer and closer to the site. Um, and then, you know, we saw, we got as close as we could. There was like a long line of people kind of doing this sort of walk past kind of thing. And and, uh, and everything was, you know, covered in dust. And, and um, it was just very emotional. You know, and then and then I came home from that day and I wrote Tuesday's Lament, which was on my second album. Uh, Right. You know, actually, the lyrics I wrote when one of my friends died. But um, 
<laughs> the, the music just that's what happened i can i locked myself in my studio and kind of wept into the microphone in in a melodic way and that turned into the song so um so that's some backstory on some shit <laughs> fine uh no that's that's really that's cool to hear and to to remember you know um my experience of 9-11 is actually very spiritually connected to um because the first thing i got i got a call that morning from um a former coven coven mate to say that to tell me what had happened and we had a coven member who was um in the military and sometimes in the pentagon actually Mm. and Mm. we were so i was like oh my gosh and i was trying to get in touch with him and of course Oh, you couldn't you couldn't get in touch with anyone. Because yeah, my parents my parents live eight miles from the Pentagon, and I could not get a circuit. I was right? Busy yeah, circuit just, sound, it, it just but... wasn't possible. And I remember just sort of being in a panic about that. And then I thought, wait a minute, I think she said something about New York. And then I turned on the TV and I saw that oh. one, one tower had fallen, and the other was I saw the other fall actually, um, which was just I mean there aren't really words for that. Yeah. Um, but later that night the coven just wanted to gather and do some prayers and some just connecting. You know, I guess you want to connect with your loved ones at a time like that and just whatever, be somewhere. Um, and I remember driving up the turnpike and seeing all the smoke and, and the absence of the towers, which is yeah, it's a weird thing. I still see the absence of the towers when I'm at the beach that I go to because you see the new, the Manhattan skyline. And I mean, I'm used to it now, but I, I can't not remember what it used to look like and what, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's movies before 2000, you know, since the towers were built and then to, you know, that whole era when those towers existed and then they were in movies and you see them and you go, oh, yeah, I remember those. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. I, I was driving to work on the turnpike too. And it, as you said, you used to be able to see the towers very clearly from the turnpike and so it was facing me and i could see it uh, with the smoke coming out as i was driving along but also everybody in cars around me were seeing the same thing and some people were just slamming their brakes and other people were swerving and some people were driving very slow some people were driving very fast it was crazy it was nightmare it was the scariest thing wow um to think about this all happening while you're on a, a highway is really scary. Too. That's that sounds really terrifying. Like for yeah. me, it was scary in the in a different way because the, there was such an absence of traffic. Like it was eerie. Like no one was out. Everyone was scared. This, everyone was home. Everyone was watching. The traffic TV. was horrendous where I was too because they had closed the bridges and they were like right. inspecting every truck that went past. And a lot sure. of trucks go the right where I have because I have to go to Elizabeth where I work, and that's where the Gothels Bridge. There's a it, big port there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's it a was seaport. It, yeah, it was craziness. It was just craziness. It was scary. Oh. And it didn't let up for days and days, too, because I had to keep on going to work. And I had to call up and say, I can't come into work. I just can't come in. Days Mm. afterwards. Never get there. Well, I was able to work from home for most of it. But I remember that, you know, I was working for Lucent at that time. and, And, you know, there were a lot of employees on the planes that went down and 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 that actually there were some close calls there was like some friends of mine call work colleagues were supposed to be on one of the planes but they didn't get on at the last minute for some something changed really quick and they didn't get on the plane and they were supposed to be and and we lost a few executives and and it was like the company i worked for was pretty messed up after that too um i also remember the thing that I really wanted to do, and I actually think I did it, even though the school was kind of pissed because the school was on lockdown and it was up the street. And I it just went up there and took my kid home because, you know, I didn't need her to be in school. While whatever was happening was happening because at that point we didn't even know. We didn't know if it was like the beginning of something more, if it was like the first salvo of a thing or, or what. Um, 
And I remember getting together with some people and the ritual we did was not a healing of any kind of ritual. I kind of wanted that, but nobody else did. It was, they were, wow. the people were I was with were out for blood. Yes. Mm. It was, uh, it was a very different emotional reaction from what you guys mm. were doing. Um, yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad we had what we had. It was more just homecoming and healing and love and I would have whatever. preferred, I would have preferred that, but yeah. it, you know, <laughs> It's yeah. that people are going to be who they are. Yeah. Which mm. seems to be what happened with the country, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, that whole thing about all the various things that Trump, uh, that time, I almost said Trump. Um, Bush. It Bush was Bush. did. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> relaxing that, so that he suddenly took these powers onto himself to to uh, wiretap you to do whatever you, he wanted without without filling out any kind of forms and yeah the patriot act got enacted yeah. after that where it started um, a very significant erosion of our civil liber civil liberties yeah that's what i was trying to say <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like those sort of things i mean i can understand them having a function in a very short-term limited way but the problem is it's hard to let it's hard to take that back once it's yeah once you give yeah. up no. once you give up power to some other entity it's it's tough to take you it back you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and yet we try to uh the other thing we wanted to talk about i don't know if this is a shitty segue or not um <laughs> Is gun I think control. It's, I think it's relevant, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's that's to some people a huge violation of their civil liberties. What's a, a huge violation? Gun control. Gun control. Oh. Because of the second, uh, because of, of very specific interpretations of the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, and. I mean, it's it's interesting because I think how you were talking about the, the people reacting in the kind of the vengeful way after 911 mm -hmm. yeah and there is a huge amount of the population that thinks about survival and self-preservation as like this very individualistic thing and how and that and like that's one of the reasons why they feel like they want like the the, the militia way of thinking mm about things the private yeah. militia type of thing. yeah yeah and i feel like i mean i was there's so many things there's you know laws to advocate for in terms of gun control and that sort of thing but there's also the underlying thinking process that makes the culture persist fear know? fear yeah well it's yeah it's always fear-based yeah um and, and part of it and, and i know i know there are there are liberal people who are now purchasing firearms or feeling like they want to purchase firearms because of they want to be able to defend themselves in the coming civil war, um, which mm. may or may not arise. I hope it doesn't, uh, but I don't know that, you know, I don't have a crystal ball that will tell me the future. I have a crystal ball that I can look at, but it doesn't tell me the future. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and honestly, even if it told me that future, I would probably disbelieve it because I don't want us to get to that point where we're basically shooting at each other. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, things really need to change because um, you know, we have, all three of us have pulled up the um, Wikipedia list of mass shootings in the United States for 2019. And, you know, you're scrolling for like 10 minutes here. There's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we we were trying to think of what was the last one that happened. 300. 
And <laughs> there's so many that we couldn't remember which was the last one that happened. Well, right. You know, yeah. Odessa in Midland, Texas, was the one that got, I guess, the biggest amount of press and the mo- and unfortunately killed the most people. 33 people died on August 31st. Um, or, or at least because of August 31st, I think that one or two may mm. have passed later. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There were eight dead, 25 injured, and 33 overall. So that's, that's what it was. Um, but, yeah, the, since then, there have been shootings in Toledo, Ohio, Hartford, Connecticut, Rocky Mount, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, and Elkmont, Alabama. And that's uh, yeah, mass shootings, not individual. This is like has to be four or more people. Right, I think so. Yep. Something like that. And and there's been almost 300 of them, and we just started, you know, we still have four months left in the year. Mm-hmm. So it's more than one a day. It's ridiculous, and it's insane. And and things have to, we have to do something as a country. <laughs> because mm-hmm. other, to not do it, it's like, who are we then? Um well, and, and, the NRA has such strong lobbyists that there's very, it's very um, difficult to do as a country. Maybe we've got to approach it as doing it state by state. Well, we have been doing it state by state. And I and I do want to throw the uh, Walmart decision, which was plastered. All, it was like on every single TV screen in the gym this morning. Uh, what this was is, that, though? I haven't Walmart been to Walmart is, is stopped has stopped uh is going to discontinue selling handguns and is not and then it and they also are making it more difficult to get ammunition i think um like they're putting it like behind the counter and not like on the shelf i guess Mm -hmm. um that's really difficult (laughs) they have to ask a person for for bullets yeah so they don't have to check an id or anything i don't know that i don't know I don't know. Um, system. And they system. and they also have requested that nobody open carry in their stores. Oh, even that, in states nice. where it's legal. I'm assuming if it's illegal to open carry in a particular state, you can't open carry in their store anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really would only apply to open carry states. Um, and you know, and that that is a good move for them because it then kind of makes it look like they give a shit about their employees because people have been coming into Walmarts and shooting them up recently. Yeah. Yeah. So two of, I mean, after the second one, they said, okay, maybe we should stop letting people carry guns around the store. Yeah. (laughs) You think maybe after the first one, they would have come up with that policy, but well, so one of the things I was thinking about is like finding out, what the gun laws are in your state and mm. just taking taking a look at what bills are possible and what's coming through the pipeline and what you can do to um, to be active in that regard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked up New Jersey and we already have some pretty tough gun laws. Yeah. And uh, Governor Murphy actually signed a few more that are pretty relevant in uh, in July. So, yes, July. You know, so some of the ones that just uh, came through are um, there. They added convictions of crimes such as carjacking and making terroristic threats to the list of crimes that ban people from buying firearms, mm. which is a good thing. Um, make it the third degree crime for people who aren't allowed to have a gun who attempt to obtain one. Mm. So, you oh, know, that's, that's another good. thing. Just yep. trying to. Yeah, if you're not, so, if you're on the list of the people who aren't supposed to have a gun and you're making attempts, then that becomes a crime as well. Um, and the, another thing that was big is that they're making, and I, I have weird mixed feelings about this, but they're making smart firearms more accessible. At one What's point, a at, smart firearm? A smart firearm will only fire for the person who owns it. Oh, so, it like reads your... I, I like that. Hmm. I wish... I, I like it. I, I think smart, I, I, you know what, on balance, having a smart gun that will only fire for one person who hopefully a responsible person is a good thing. Well, you I mean, it, even if it's will... spying on you in your house, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the gun spying on you in your house. No, I, think, I, I, think I think that's that, a better plan. I think they would have come up with smart guns 
a lot earlier if um, if the gun manufacturers were still allowed to be sued. Yeah. Which they're not. I mean, that I, I that was always one of my things is to make the gun manufacturers liable for you know for 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 any damages done with people using their stuff but i mean and then there was actually this was a few many i I know maybe seven years ago after some other horrific shooting thing which when when they you know when you'd only hear about maybe three of them a year instead of every day um and I, and it was after one of those and i actually had a very it was a lengthy discussion on my facebook page on my facebook uh timeline um with my non my people who don't want guns to be around and my gun nut friends who i have fewer of now but i still have some um and it was a very rational logical discussion that never got heated and not, nobody called names or anything it didn't blow up i was really really impressed with my friends i don't think we've been managed to do that since then but mm-hmm. um and they had, were explaining to me why the liability thing wasn't going to work or something and and uh so but i know that the gun manufacturers were scared as shit about it because there's laws that specifically exempt them from that that the the gun lobby got in you know into into the federal law um but uh making you know having i think that would be one thing but i think if they were my point was i guess when i started talking about this uh, was that if they were able to be sued they would have instituted safety features such as only being able to fire if the owner of the gun is holding the weapon um that would have been i think introduced a lot earlier uh but i I know the technology's gotten better um so i'm i'm assuming it's something like a a fingerprint or a thumbprint would would uh release the the safety but it would also that would prevent little kids getting into mommy and daddy's guns and accidentally killing themselves or their siblings or their friends Mm -hmm. so I think that's a, in general, I think it's a really good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I can see why people might not want it because if it's, you know, one partner's gun and they need to protect, like, and there's a break-in, which is why you have these things in the first place, right? To protect yourself from thieves and and people wanting to do you harm in your house mm-hmm. um and and the gun owner isn't there and the partner's there and they can't fire the gun um you know they're they're screwed well then but, they have to have their own gun but yeah, well, then they <laughs> so end so you up having two two, two. <laughs> um but i remember like that. i remember though too hearing the statistics that that the police put out about how you are, if you have a gun, you're more likely to get shot with your own gun by somebody breaking in and stealing your gun. So if a gun will only work with the right owner, then stealing guns um, no longer becomes profitable. Yeah, so, unless they learn how to hack that. Yeah, which, which I'm, they, sure I'm sure they could. They can. Or they yeah. take your thumb. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I watched too much really gross TV. I don't know. Yeah. I I remember seeing that on something. So I feel like um I was I was reading an article in uh The Guardian on why Americans won't give up their guns. Mhm. And I really feel like it's about it, it there's a, you know there's a short-term thing about changing the laws and understanding what the laws are in in your area and if we can get uh, I don't know so I smart guns sound generally sound like a good idea to stealing thumbs notwithstanding <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever we can do because there's there's nothing essentially wrong with having a gun I, it's not something I would want in my life I, I feel like it's not something I should have around me but I think it's it, it is a reasonable thing if it's a responsible thing, you know. Um, but we do have this sort of pervasive 
rugged self-preservation myth that has been really co-opted, I think, by the right in a lot of ways and, and the NRE for sure in terms of perpetuating it. That, and even like our, our understanding of how our country even came to be, that people think it was like just sort of by personal power and, and rugged individualism and taking over the <laughs> frontier and all those, all those stories, mm -hmm. I, think are, I think this is relevant. I really think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's our, yeah, our I, national identity. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so some of the people who are really like stockpiling guns, that's sort of like a, it's like taking that to the nth degree or something. Yeah, so to they're me, it's being a, American. Right. So to me, I think it's about teaching another story, out. teaching a balanced history of who we are and how we came to be here, um, which is going to make a difference eventually. And it's not, obviously, it doesn't fix anything tomorrow. No. But um, there's something about looking at the Civil War, honestly, and looking at the complications of the Founding Fathers and all those things which I think gives us a more realistic view of, of who we are as Americans that can ultimately, I think, lead people to be more balanced about how we can be responsible to people in the land. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Kind of. You're relating it specifically to the civil, civil war? Oh, all wars, but I'm thinking about, well, the civil war specifically, because I think there's a lot of mythology that absolves actors in the civil war of not you know the whole thing about the um being traitors it, well yeah but well no what i was trying to say is like for example um how the the rebel flag is seen as oh it's just it's just our heritage and it doesn't mean anything racist and mm -hmm. those sorts of things mm -hmm. i think looking at the history of racism and the history of violence in our country and, and understanding it in a more honest way, I think, can help us grow as humans oh, yeah. <laughs> in the United States, you know. And it might, it might um, ultimately help people make better choices or, more or just have a more balanced view of who we are. And it's not all about sort of power over everything else which I think is a problem in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's a sure. problem everywhere. It, it is. It yeah. is. It's, it's, that's, that's actually tying into kind of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Wendy, I mean, not Wendy, Robin. <laughs> Wendy already, Robin, you started to talk about um, what people can do about this. What do you think people can do? You, you said learn what's, what are the rule uh, laws in your state and then do what yeah i think that's that's a thing and and i was and i was also advocating for teaching different stories about who we are and i think that's a, a longer term thing so mm -hmm. if i can read the end of this article sure yeah i think that would be useful um so they were talking about um at home, the gun is invoked as a cornerstone of American, America's founding story and the safeguard against tyranny. Um, that's sort of one of the myths they were talking about. Um, and um, I don't want to read the whole thing, but okay. So these myths are, of course, partial. In a nation that became possible through genocide and slavery, among other things, the gun was central to a particular notion of racial power. If gun enthusiasts were seriously concerned about state tyranny, they would have been marching alongside Black Lives Matter demonstrators protesting police shootings and calling for mass armament of poor black neighborhoods. That's not the kind of tyranny they <laughs> yeah. object to. Yeah. But the myths are also powerful. When the gun lobby lacks its breadth of support, it makes up for the depth, depth of commitment. In 2013, after the Sandy Hook shootings, gun advocates were far more likely to have contributed money to a pro-gun group or, contracted, or contacted a public official about guns than those who support gun control. Gun control advocates, for the most part, want to change laws. Gun rights advocates, by and large, believe they are preserving essential truths that make the country what it is. They have proved themselves more motivated because long after those distressing scenes from Vegas are a distant memory, these myths will remain vivid. Americans mm -hmm. need new gun laws, but in order to get them, they will have to start telling themselves a new story about the country it is. 
has been and wants to be. Their lives depend on it. And so that was by Gary Young in The Guardian. Um, and so I think that's key to it. And I've been listening to things more recently about how, for example, in Germany, they are looking honestly at the Holocaust and, and their history and knowing that history and like working through it. And mm -hmm. so it's, and obviously, yeah, there's, there's fascism is cropping up in weird places around the, the world right now, which is scary. But I think you get a much better result overall when you have people who can see their history and be honest about it and, 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 and I learn think from it. To better decisions and learn from it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the United States by and large doesn't do that. We hide yeah. things. We say, oh, it's, oh, this is, oh, racism. Oh, we had the civil rights bill. It's fixed now. You know, oh, we had a black president. That's fixed now. And, you know, or. Yeah, reconstruction was not handled properly. Right. Yeah. Or even like yeah. gun law. Oh, well, we, ha we passed the bump stock bill. So now we don't have to worry about guns anymore. Like we have that kind of mentality. <laughs> well, I thought some of the, like the AR-15 was actually banned for a while. And then another yeah, president during unbanned it or something. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have to, we have, we have, and, and one of the things you were from the quote, it's like, you know, this country was started on genocide and slavery so you know maybe this is our pigeons coming home to roost for all i know you know mm -hmm. it, it's it, in some ways i mean my brain goes there um mm. so it this is not an easy problem to fix but i think i mean i did hear that people are really kind of getting yeah, the nra is scared now and so losing maybe, money and losing money yeah, yeah. maybe they're losing say. a little bit of their influence eventually you know, I, I, that has to happen, mm -hmm. you know, before things, before things. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they, I think fixed. they are. And maybe that, you know, if, if the NRA went back to how something closer to where they started, which was really like just gun safety, a hunting kind. club that really believed in responsibility and gun safety. Yeah. Um, I think that is a laudable, right. <laughs> that is a laudable thing <laughs> sure absolutely you know gun safety isn't really important especially if if you you know it, it would be great to to have licensing similar to vehicle operation and i understand mm -hmm. the constitution kind of gets in the way of that um but the constitution is a living document mm -hmm. so we could change it. We could fix it. Sure. And no. there are, you know, and, and and I think there are many interpretations of the Second Amendment and that's, and some of them don't, yeah. I, I don't believe that it means everyone can have every gun willy-nilly with no. I mean, if it is, I want, a a I want a fucking howitzer. Damn it's it. about <laughs> you know? regulated militia is what it's about. It's about yeah. states yeah. should have regulated militia. Small tactical militias. nuke. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Second Amendment. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I do hope that, um, you know, I, I, and I think this article does say that we can step up our game in terms of keeping focus on it and keeping focus on bills that are coming through. We can. And we can advocate for. <laughs> and, and we can teach a little more about who we are and maybe have a find another vision, find other visions. And I think some people are working on that too. So that it's not all, we just conquer stuff. Like that's yeah. not. Remember we when you to... vote in 2020. Yes, yes. Well, there's an election this year too, isn't there? I mean, I know it's an off year, but we have elections every year. Remember all the elections because they are mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. Yes. So during my uh, two weeks of blanket fording, uh, I was watching lots and lots of television, <laughs> lots and lots and lots. Uh, and it happened at the same time that uh, Netflix dropped the Dark Crystal series onto their platform. So we watched that. I had I had kind of expected to just binge the whole thing in one day or two days since it's 10 hours, 10 episodes. Um, but... 
it is so much it was so political and and so analogous to whatever's going on now in the world that I couldn't immerse myself in it because it was just it was taking you right where you wanted to get away from exactly huh? exactly and and actually the the other show that Amazon dropped that I only watched one episode of Carnival Row um, it's another <laughs> grim sad fantasy thing it's like Jesus, can't we just have some escapism for once? Um, um, well, I I did an escapism. Uh, uh, Prime also, Amazon also dropped uh, something called Travels by Narrow Boat. Okay. It's a guy on a canal in England just traveling. Okay. That, that's that's nothing happens. <laughs> that's not that's not it's escapist so, for me. It's so peaceful and calm, and he's just <laughs> he's got out of the rat race and sold all his belongings to buy this canal boat. That and he's just traveling England by the canals, and you get to see all the scenery, and it's beautiful and peaceful, and and it's mesmerizing. I've been watching binge watching it. <laughs> And nothing happened. Well, one thing happened. So far, I've watched four seasons of it, and one no thing spoilers. Happened. No, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, it did, I won't tell it was you. a goose, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm assuming everyone has seen the Dark Crystal movie that came out in the '80s, which which was amazing with no, puppets and Jim Henson. I, I, it, don't, I, I can't don't believe like you have not. Seen I don't this. like Muppets. You don't like, but these aren't Muppets. They're puppets. They're they're even worse. <laughs> okay, uh, I wow, that's the whole thing to unpack. That would be a I show am, in and of itself. I am amazed. You know, especially since your involvement with puppetry in general, it kind of amazes me. That you don't like puppets, so it's like okay. No, I don't like those puppets. Okay. Um, so the, go on, Wendy. I, I'm, <laughs> go just on, gonna, Wendy. I'm just going to ignore that she said that because she's like completely, my brain is like, what? <laughs> I, I, I want to I put you in a dark room with a light and get, it's like, you must like these puppets now. Um, but uh, so the Dark Crystal has like this huge cult following for a long time. Um, and it's it's a, a complete fantasy world. Robin, have you seen the movie from the eighties? From like I, I'm sure I have, and I don't remember it enough. So <laughs> right. you can. Just Did you see talk Labyrinth with David Bowie? Yeah. Okay. It's mm -hmm. Brian Froud is the artist who created the puppets in Labyrinth. He was also very much involved in the production design of the Dark Crystal. And, and Gates McFadden did the movement. In the movie? Yeah. She okay. was the choreographer. Oh, wow. And she coached them in movement. Okay. I mean, there's like, okay. Anyway, um, the thing that was, one of the things that was really amazing about the Dark Crystal movie was, is Henson and, their, and the crew created this entire world that was very unlike ours. And it was all, you know, the, the plants were different. The animals were all weird and unique. Um, they had this furry thing called Fizzgig, which was kind of like a cat and a dog, kind of. It was very fuzzy and really cute and made a lot of noise and it was adorable. Um, That's what I don't like about it. <laughs> there was a lot of not adorable stuff. But anyway, they made, um, I guess it was Henson's daughter and Brian Froud, um made they were i guess executive well brian froud was was also the the art the the puppeteer you know the main designer on on this on the dark crystal series um and they revived like the the races of the the creatures that live on this world and they put it in a now it's a series and not a movie and and it's supposed to take place at some indeterminate time before the opening of the film from the 80s and what I guess a lot of people weren't really thinking about maybe when they thought about when they were thinking, getting excited about this is before the, the movie opens, there had been, I guess, th a thousand years before, some hundreds of years before there had been a genocide of the Gelflings. And I was really and, and as this started, it's just like way before this, this time and uh 
so I'm watching this and it's it's like the there's the the race of like these big predator bird ugly things called skexies and there are a few of them and they're very wealthy and they're in charge of everything and and the gelflings are these little more human looking creatures um where the the females all have fairy wings and can fly and the males can't which i thought was it's cute uh, in the movie it was like that was a big reveal uh and they got through that like in the first episode um and uh so I'm watching this, and the Gelflings are split up amongst seven tribes that don't get along with each other. And then there's the Podlings who are, like, below the Gelflings in the social structure and also in size. They're small, physically smaller. Uh, like, the Skeksis are the biggest, and then the Gelflings are, like, medium size, and then the Podlings are little, little guys. Um, and they don't have a, as big of a role in this universe as they did in the movie uh and i best and i'm guessing they had a bigger role in the movie because the gelflings were all supposedly killed off uh there are a few surviving ones and that's like the whole point of the the plot of the movie is to do with like some prophecy about a gelfling going to kill everybody so they had to kill all the gelflings and everything so i was i'm watching this and i'm seeing how everything's set up where the gelflings are all busy fighting each other and being rivals with each other while the Skeksis are kind of pulling the strings and, and, and getting all of the riches from everybody's work. And it's like, hmm, does this remind me of anything going on now in hmm. our, the universe? Uh, and, and they're definitely, it's a definitely authoritarian society. Um, they're ruling by fear and, uh, and it's, it's it, the the series is kind of uh, has to do with the Gelflings need to get together to beat the Skeksis who have now decided to start draining essence out of them to make themselves immortal. Um, so I was worried at the beginning that I'm going to be watching the Gelfling genocide, and luckily that did not happen in season one. <laughs> I have some friends who we've been talking about this, and they're expecting it. To happen next season so i'm hoping not uh i'm hoping the gelflings can kind of avoid the genocide thing that's happening uh in but in, is you this know. a prequel to, to the yes. other movie so yes, it's, it's gonna prequel. happen if well it doesn't have to happen on camera oh. <laughs> you know um and and it's and for people who haven't seen it yet, I want to warn you because i know i know somebody we were talking about the last episode i mean there's some pretty brutal stuff happening for a pg rated show and i i think and and in some time and, and i guess if this was 10 years ago i wouldn't even recommend this for kids under like nine um and then and there were there's somebody who was like watching it with their four-year-old and i said maybe you should just watch the last episode by yourself first to see if it's cool because i, I like the one skexis actually bludgeons a little pot not a podling but another creature to death Luckily, it's not, like, on camera, but there's blood splash, and you hear a lot of screaming. Whoa. So, and, and for a Henson property, that's kind of, you know, you're thinking Muppets and Sesame Street. It's like, no, 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 this is, I'm just really surprised it just got a PG rating and not a PG-13. But then I'm thinking about, you know what? There's two-year-old, there's, like, second graders having to cower in the closet during their fucking gun person, you know, shooter drills. So... Mm. You know, maybe kids now, they need to see this. I don't know. Um, maybe that's why they gave it a PG rating. Uh, but it's if you liked the movie, you're going to like this series. It's definitely, um, it's definitely very much that milieu. Um, the, the people doing the voice acting have captured the original voices very well. Uh, and um and if you're a fan of like uh mark hamill he has a he has a major i mean he's playing one of the bad guys but he does it very well he's a voice on there uh there's you know there's some big name actors um now which who's everyone's name i'm not going to be remember now <laughs> um uh helena bonham carter uh 
the woman who also and the woman who played Cersei on Game of Thrones has a has a role in there. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, God, I, I know these guys by the other roles they played. Um, the guy that played Scotty in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek <laughs> movies, and also uh, Simon Pegg. Okay. He's he's uh he's a uh, he's he's got a voice role as uh, the Skeksis, and um, I don't know I recommend it, uh, and I also I also uh, well I'm not going to give spoilers but um, if they have pointers for how us humans can um, defeat fascism I'm hoping they uh, they can uh, provide some metaphorical. Uh, insight as to tactics you know because it is it is an allegory for where we are now and so it's not like escapist entertainment <laughs> but yeah. it may be something we need to have for our times and art can uh, art can give us guidelines sometimes i hope so and if you don't like puppets you can watch <laughs> people float on a boat Oh, I have that to sounds tell... like my kind of show too, Mary. <laughs> I have to tell you though, there is there is one part where the puppets put on a puppet show. Oh, that's funny. Oh, it I was guess. it was delightful and very very meta. It was just so great because they take well, we have to we want to show you this history of the uh, you know they're giving these guys are giving a history lesson to some other people other characters and they're going. And we're going to do it as a puppet show. And they do this puppet show. The puppets are doing puppets. It was, like, really cool. Um, so maybe I can talk you into watching that scene, Mary, at least. Yeah, so maybe I'll it. watch that. <laughs> <laughs> been listening to the Let's Skate podcast. Find us online at letsskate.com, on Twitter at Letscape, and on Facebook at Letscape. The Letscape, the shape of progressive conversation.